Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Romans, chapter 7. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We now have this fresh and new quality of life that we live as Christians. We're not legalists. Some Christians don't get this. They're legalists. Some Christians are inclined to rules and regulations and laws. Listen, we are not bound to rules and regulations and laws. We are believers and we are now free to walk in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. You understand? I love that. That means I can be a joyous Christian. Ain't nothing wrong with joy. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your. I'm amazed at Christians who don't have joy. I, I, I am. I'm just amazed because We need to say to the world that we serve a God who is worthy of our praise, who is worthy of our worship. And we serve a God that no matter what we go through, blessed be the name of the Lord, that that we have the joy of the Lord, no matter what we go through, because God is in control and that we know. And we can be joyous Christians, not bummed out Christians. So many Christians are bummed out today, even in the world that we live in today. Christians are just bummed out. How you doing? Fine. How's things going? Great. Got joy of the Lord? Yeah. I call them Eeyore Christians. Y'all remember Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh? Oh, well, I'm a Christian. It's so wonderful. Have you accepted Jesus? (laughs) It's like, look, give me a break. If you're going to share the gospel, then share the gospel with some joy. There's nothing attractive about Eeyore Christians. Jesus is good. Really? Well, I wouldn't know it from your life. Look at you. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And we're free to walk in the newness of the spirit. In the newness of the spirit. Now look at verse 7. i got to move on. Look at verse 7. What shall we say then in verse 7? You're looking at it. Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. For I would have not known covetousness unless the law has said you shall not covet. But sin, underline this, taking opportunity... By the commandment produced in me all manner of evil desire for apart from the law, sin was dead. I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died and the commandment 
which was to bring life, I found to bring death. For sin, taken occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it killed me. Therefore, the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, and just, and good. So the question, give me your attention, comes up, if the law can't change us or control us, then what good is it? Number one, saints, you're taking notes, you write this down. What good is a law? Number one, it defines sin. The law defines sin. Paul says, if it weren't for the law, I would not have known what sin was. But when the law said, don't do it, Paul saying, his own sinful desire said, do it. The law said, don't do it. And his sinful desire said, do it. It's almost like when you post a sign that says, don't touch the wet paint. What happens? There's fingerprints all over that thing. You post a sign that says, don't walk on the grass. What do you see? A trail walking right through the grass. You tell a little kid, don't touch those dials. Do you know you tell a kid, don't touch those dials, you send that kid into trauma? He starts shaking and trembling in his hand. (laughs) Because of his own sinful desires. They want to do what you say not to do. So Paul is saying we are so bad. Listen, Paul says we are so bad that something good makes us worse. And the law is not sin. It brought me to the knowledge of sin. Sin, first of all, the law defines sin. Secondly, not only does the law define sin, but the law, write this down, provoked sin. The law provokes sin. Look at verse 8 in your Bibles. But sin seizing the opportunity by the commandment produced in me all manner of evil desire. For apart from the law, sin was dead. This phrase, taking opportunity, literally means taking a starting point. You know, it's almost like a base for military operations. Paul knew sin had a base camp in our souls, which is constantly carrying out missions against us. You know, it's hard enough, listen, fighting your enemy on their soil. But it's even harder to fight against a hidden terrorist in your own country. That's what we're facing right now. We're fighting enemies on their soil, but it's even harder to find terrorists within our own country. That's sin. Sin has a base camp in our hearts. And Paul learned that the law even aroused the evil desires in him. The law condemns. Grace compliments. The law condemns. And it never compliments. Get out there on the 440. All of a sudden you see flashing lights in your rear view mirror. What's the first thing you do? Go to prayer. Speak in tongues. (laughs) Pray. Start checking your seatbelt, checking your speedometer, seeing what's wrong. And so a cop pulls you over. He comes up to the window and he says, you know, I've been watching you for the last couple of miles, and I want to tell you that the way you make those right turns, you are awesome. (laughs) I just want to tell you that 
you know, you put your right turn signal on at the right time, and, and I've been watching you, and, and you know, you just do a, a, a wonderful job. You're, you're, you're so courteous to people. People cut you off, and you just wave at them and throw them a cookie. I mean, <laughs> and you know, you're just a wonderful driver. Has that ever happened to anybody in here? Has that ever happened? No, it doesn't. Why? Because the law, listen, the law condemns. The law doesn't compliment. Jesus compliments. Grace compliments. The Bible tells us and Jesus tells us in the word of God that we are justified, that we are sanctified, and that we will someday, even today, and someday be glorified. We are justified. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? We are just, you know, the day you become a Christian, the moment that you give your life to Jesus, God justifies you at that moment, and you will never be any more justified than you are the second you get saved. Remember, just as if I never sinned, God forgives us, and you are as forgiven as you're ever going to be. It happens at that moment. God justifies us and God sanctifies us. Sanctification is a process. Yeah, we're, we're seeking the Lord. We're reading the word. We're going to church. We're worshiping God. We got Christian friends and we're trying to be more like Christ. And that's the process of sanctification. And then glorification. God sees you right now as sitting in heaven with him. He sees you right now as glorified. God sees you in ways that you don't see yourself. I don't wake up in the morning, look in the mirror and say, there's glorified Rodney. (laughs) I'm more horrified, Rodney. (laughs) But I don't see myself the way that God sees me. You understand what I'm saying? We don't see ourselves that way. But thank God the Bible tells us that he calls those things which be not as though they were. In other words, we're not in heaven yet completely glorified. Say amen if you're listening. We're not in heaven completely glorified. Not yet. But God sees you that way. Cause those things which be not as though they were. We're already there. And that's grace. Grace compliments. The law, the Bible is very clear, condemns. Notice what Paul says. Look in your Bibles in verse 10. Paul says, I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And then in verse 11, in my Bible, I have underlined sin in verse 11 and deceived me. Sin deceives. Isn't that true? Sin deceives. Paul thought he could keep the law, but he found out he couldn't. Because sin deceives. You know, somebody once said the trouble with trouble is that it usually starts out as a whole lot of fun. Isn't that true? The trouble with trouble is that it usually starts out as a whole lot of fun. Sin deceives. I just got threw off because Elvira came in and she's back from the women's retreat. Why are you coming? You threw me off. Anyways. Hi, honey. Good retreat. Yeah. We'll talk later. Sin deceives. Remember I was telling y'all how wonderful marriage was and how much I love being married. I say, you see, I saved that right there. I got that piece right out. The trouble with trouble is that it usually starts out as a lot of fun. And that's very true about sin. It really is. Sin is deceitful. Therefore, the law is holy, Paul tells us, and the commandment is holy and just and good 
And yet it reveals sin, verse 7. It provokes sin, verse 8. And it results in death, verse 9 through 11. Look at verse 13. If you're looking at it, say amen. Has then what is good become death to me? What does it say, saints? Certainly not. But sin, that it might appear sin, was producing death in me through what is good, so that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. For we know, in verse 14, that the law is spiritual, but I am what? Carnal, sold under sin. Paul now, listen, saints, expounds on what he said in verse 6 about the oldness of the letter. Paul says the law of God commands from without, but sin's power is from within and work and wants obedience. Paul is saying the law is good and the law was given to make sin manifest so we would know that sin is there. The law is spiritual, Paul says, but I am carnal. Now listen, the Bible describes man in threefold way. If you're taking notes, you write this down. The Bible describes man as a natural man, carnal man, and spiritual man. The natural man is the unsaved man. That's a man who is ruled by his senses. The carnal man is a man who is saved, but who is still largely ruled by his flesh. The carnal man hasn't yielded completely to the Holy Spirit. Paul wrote the book of the letter to the church at Corinth because they were a carnal church. They had not yielded themselves to the spirit. Are you listening? So you got the natural man, you've got the carnal man, and then finally you have the spiritual man. The spiritual man is a man who's walking in the spirit and whose life is controlled by the spirit. And so Paul is saying the law is spiritual, but he struggles with his fallen nature. Now look at verse 15. Before you look at verse 15, look at me. Verse 15 through 25 is very kind of crazy and confusing. Don't be bothered. We'll come back and have some comments. Watch this. Look at verse 15. For what I am doing, Paul goes on to say, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice, but what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present within me, but how to perform it is what is good. I, I don't know how. I don't find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, I practice. And if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. What? <laughs> well, I find that a law. That evil is present with me, the one who wills, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law, my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. I'm exhausted, Paul says. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who? Who? Who, not what, who, y'all see that, who will deliver me from what, this body of death. And here is the answer, 
I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Let's stop right there. Give me your attention in the interest of time, meaning I'm out of time. (laughs) I'm going to try to make this as simple as I can and poignant. Paul says a lot here. And at first, as you read this, you might think that Paul is schizophrenic. Wouldn't you? I mean, he's saying he's doing it, yet he's not doing it. How can I be doing it and not doing it? It is me, but it is not me. Seems a little bit schizophrenic. Paul, listen, is simply in verses 15 through 25. Paul is simply describing an experience that every single believer has every single day. What is that, Rodney? It's the battle between the flesh and the spirit. Now, there are some scholars, theologians who take this section and they say, Paul's not talking about the battle in the Christian life between the flesh and the spirit, because Paul's talking about before he was a Christian. I don't see that at all. When Paul's talking about there's a war going on, listen, before I was a Christian, and I think this is true for everybody, before you were a Christian, there was no war going on. You were just crazy. (laughs) Don't shout me down and say amen, but that's true anyway. You just did your thing. You did whatever you want to do. Did sin bother you before you became a Christian? It didn't bother me. I was trying to sin. I'm figuring out new ways and creative ways of sinning. (laughs) I'm looking for new creative ways of sinning. Like, hmm, what can I do today? And I have, nobody's ever thunk it. What can I think of for sin? Nobody, nobody, you don't care before you become a Christian, but now when you kind of throw this Christian thing in here, now I got the spirit of God living within me. And he's speaking to me, and now I gotta obey God. And I really, my flesh is saying obey it, but God is saying obey me. And then Jesus kind of threw this in there. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Oh, darn. Now I got this battle going on. See, there's only a battle going on when the presence of the spirit of God is living within you. Say amen. So Paul's talking about this battle between the flesh and the spirit. Talking about the war that's going on in the life of every believer. And this gives me great comfort, saints. Listen to me close and listen quick. This gives me great comfort. Because here we have Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, and Paul was a thinker. He was incredibly bright. All you have to do is read the book of Romans, and you're like, this, he's like off the chart. And, 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 and if there's anybody who gets the best Christian ever award, it would be Paul. I mean, we all read his stuff and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. We learn about God from him. He was an amazing man, academics and a thinker. And yet this amazing Christian says to us and lets us know the same battles that we have are the same he had. Hmm. That there's a war going on in the flesh and in the spirit. But there is constantly a battle. Every single day there's a battle. I've been a Christian for 25 years, and I can tell you every single day there's a battle going on. What are you going to do, and who are you going to serve? Remember last week we talked about it? you got to serve somebody. What are you going to do? The battle goes on. And even on a real practical level, you want to be 
a man or a woman of God and you want to love the things that God loves and you want to hate the things that God hates. There's a struggle going on and you want to be a man of prayer and a woman of prayer and you want to get up in the mornings and have your morning devotion. But the but the flesh wants you to stay in the bed. But your spirit says, get up. You know, somebody once said, pray for blanket victory, the strength to get out from under the blanket on cold mornings. We want to get blanket victory. Amen, saints. That's just me. Okay, fine. All right. You know, we want to be the people of God, but we struggle because there's a war going on. And, and Paul's just being honest. Paul says the things that I want to do in verse 15, go ahead and look at it in your Bibles. I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, those are the very things I do. Paul is saying, listen, there's a reckoning. Remember, we talked about that we are to reckon our old nature dead. But he's also saying that same old nature that we're to reckon dead is the same old nature that beckons us to obey. You got reckon and beckon? I worked on that for two weeks. Reckon and beckon. And Paul says, reckon yourselves dead. And that flesh is calling you. Paul says, if I'm doing the things that I don't want to do, then I agree with the law that it is good. And I also agree that it's not me that is doing it. You see, Paul's not blame shifting here. Don't misunderstand. And he's not passing a proverbial buck. He's simply saying it's sin. It's a sin. And that word sin is singular. Remember I told you that the word sin, singular, speaks to the sin nature. The sin nature that's a part of each one of us. Paul says, I want to do what's right, but how to perform it and how to work it out, I don't know how. In verse 18, and then you fast forward to verse 24. Notice Paul, he gives a sense. Don't you get that feeling in verse 24? That Paul is kind of worn out. You know, he's talking about the law of sin, the law of death, the law of my mind, the law of my heart. And he's kind of worn out. And Paul says, oh, wretched man that I am. This word wretched is an interesting word. It's used of a soldier who is fatigued. They've been on the battlefield and they're weary and they're worn out. And Paul says, I'm just weary and worn out with my flesh. And then he says, who, not what, who. You see, the answer is in who, not what, who, Jesus. Paul knew something that Christians forget. That we can't get victory in our flesh. We've been talking about the victorious Christian living. Well, you can't be victorious in your Christian living if you don't understand this one basic principle that you can't do it in your own strength. And if you could Get victory in your own strength. You would already have it. So by virtue of the fact that you don't already have it, it should be a declaration to you that you can't get it. Not in yourself. It's not in a what? It's not in a program. It's not in what you think. I got to stop doing this. I got to stop doing that. So many people focus on so they focus on sin and it makes them sin. Y'all listen. You get so focused on sin, like, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. Well, you know what, you're doing it. Well, how about this? God, I'm going to focus on loving you. God, I'm going to focus on serving you. God, I'm going to focus on worshiping you. God, I'm going to focus on being the man or the woman that you call me to be. I'm going to read the Bible for a change and get the word of God in me and start using the word of God to, to be a blessing to my life. And I'm going to start walking in the spirit. 
And then I'm like, man, I've been doing this Christian thing and walking in the spirit has been a blessing. I forgot to sin. You can forget to sin. It's like, oh, I could have had a V8. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like that. You know, all of a sudden it's like, what? wow, this Christian thing does work that way. Like being controlled by the spirit and everything. Well, that kind of works. You see, so we don't have to, we don't have to get caught up in the what. You don't need to go get a program. You need to understand that it's a who. You understand? Who shall deliver me from this body of death? The body of death. It's very possible that Paul was remembering in the Roman Empire. Listen, when someone was guilty of a crime and, and convicted, you know what they would do? Listen, they would tie a dead body to them. They would palm to palm, face to face, chest to chest, stomach to stomach, body to body. They would tie this dead body to them and make that person walk around. And by virtue of the fact that the body was decaying and rotting, you would begin to decay and rot. Paul is very possible. He has this in mind as he says, who shall deliver me from this body of death? And then he says, thank God he doesn't leave us to like figure it out because we probably wouldn't. So he says, I'll tell you who I thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. I thank God. I don't have to work this thing out myself. Now, chapter seven, verse 25 takes you right into chapter eight, verse one. You don't want to miss next week. I don't care what you got to do. You do not want to miss next week. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. After all of that. After all of chapters 1 through 7, we get to chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss anything God has for me. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.